Hello, welcome to DM Coach Talk. It is Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen, alongside Joe Sarvati, who is affectionately known as Coach. And it's a 10-game NBA slate here for you. Coach, I am ready for a brand new start here. No Groundhog Day allowed. Yesterday was a terrible slate. We need a, uh, to change it up here today. Yeah, we uh, we took a couple shots at that groundhog, so maybe he stays down in his hole. <laughs> Excuse me. He stays down in his hole for a while. See, he's trying to throw some dander at me to get me to sneeze now because we don't like him. But, uh, yeah, no, we're ready to go after it today. And uh, for me, you know, as soon as I see those double digits in games, I go through the roof because I'm so fired up. So, this is right in my sweet spot. I've spent a lot of time looking at it, and I like it because there's not uh, just just complete dead chalk of value guys and things. You have to be a little bit, uh, you know, you got to pull some ideas out and build in a couple different ways. I don't think there's any set way that people are going to do it in the industry unless there's news that breaks or cancellations. But right now it's going to all be about digging in and, finding some of these stats that matter and and making it happen. And also wanted to mention, too, for for those that are uh, listening in and aren't members of Coach Talk yet, we, we know ho- and hopefully you will be soon. Uh, but uh, today with the large slates like this, I'm not going to add the defensive real plus minus numbers in because we'll end up here until uh, lock. So uh, if you want to catch some of those numbers, I'll be highlighting them and talking about them and posting them in our Discord. So DFSCoachTalk.com, jump aboard. We'd love to have you. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to your analysis today, Coach, because I do think it's very challenging to to build a roster. So uh, yeah. let's let's go game by game here, as we always do, to find those hidden gems. And on the slate in general, we, we do have 10 games, 8 of the 20 teams are involved in a back-to-back. We only have one total over 230. So a lot of grinded out battles, potentially. Yeah. The first one is one of those lower totals at 7 o'clock Eastern. We've got the 76ers and Charlotte. 221.5 is the number on betus.com.pa, our presenting sponsor. The 76ers are seven-point favorites here on the road. They're on the front end of a back-to-back. They're going to host Portland tomorrow. And the news here, we've got P.J. Washington out for the first time all season, and Rogier is questionable. So what do you have here in game number one? Well, uh, it's 10 games, but would you believe me if I told you I had my number one play right out of the gate? I, I do believe you. Yes. And here's my thinking behind it. First of all, um, you mentioned that Philly's favored by seven, but I think Charlotte can keep this close. Rogier may play, you know, Charlotte's played inspired ball. They're, he's doing a really, really good job there. And um, so I think this is a decent game. Right now, defensively, though, we got to remember Detroit or Philadelphia is third in the league defensively, especially mainly in the paint with the Embiid. And then we know Simmons uh, plays some good perimeter defense. Um, Charlotte right in the middle of the pack at 16th. Pace is good, though. It's a pace up for Charlotte. Uh, Philly is sixth. They do get the ball up and down the floor. Charlotte 20th, but, you know, uh, I think moving up a couple of pegs uh, each game. Um, My key play here 
is Joel Embiid. And my reasoning is this. I don't, I think, you know, Zeller's done a fine job in the paint. Uh, I think he's, he does have a tendency in, in games like this where he's playing a bigger dominant center to get in a little bit of foul trouble. And I don't like the rotation behind him at all because Biombo's undersized. He hasn't been playing that much. PJ Washington is dinged up. We don't know. And out. What, oh, he's, he's out, out for sure. He's out. All right. So that really limits, uh, you know, their, their rotation of bigs. Uh, they're going to have to go uh, even deeper into that bench. And I just think that opens it up for Embiid and, you know, my thinking is if he does play monster minutes today, maybe he sits tomorrow for the second night of the back-to-back. So that's what I'm counting on. I think they're going to need him because Charlotte is a dangerous team. And uh, he really is my my favorite play uh, of the day, believe it or not. And his price isn't ridiculous for a guy that can throw 60, 70 DFS points up there pretty easily. I don't, what they I don't think uh what they'll do with him and they haven't that much, you know, as far as this year. And Doc doesn't usually do that like with Kawhi, he'd play his play him full of minutes and then sit him. I think he do, you know, he's shown that he'll do the same thing with Embiid rather than try to get him 24 25 minutes tonight and then tomorrow night. Uh, you know, there's been some studies done on that and guys that get hurt a lot, that's not that's no good because they got to get their bodies already and out there. So whether it's 24 or 34 and then having them to come back uh, the next day, if they try to get another minimum minutes in, isn't as, as quality of a way to do it as play your full allotment and then sit. So I haven't seen any coach talk on that. I don't know that's the case for sure. Uh, and, you know, tomorrow we'll worry about that piece. But what I have seen is he's in today. I think this is a great matchup against Charlotte. And if Cody Zeller gets in any kind of foul trouble at all, I don't know who they're going to use or how they're going to stop Embiid. So sort of begins and ends with me, um, with Joel in this first game. Um, I'm not going to go with the Charlotte guards, even though LaMelo I know is going to get a decent amount of play, especially if Rozier sits. Um, I just think Philly's backcourt and their defense uh, at the rims, you know, with Embiid is just a little bit too tough for me. And, and there's a lot of good plays uh, all around the league. Uh, as far as the support guys for Embiid with Philly, uh, again, for me, just too much, you know, too much depth now. Uh, that's the thing today, Andrew, that I found in doing this slate. All of a sudden, we've got these teams that were scratching by during COVID have like 10, 11 man rotations. You know, like Philly, Miami Heat, all these guys are, you know, the guys that we were playing that we knew would get 35, 38 minutes because they didn't have enough guys are now scratching and just get 15, 20 minutes in the rotation. So uh, this is going to be a one and done for me, the big fella, and then I'll move on to the next one. What do you think? Interesting. I do I do like the matchup for <clears throat> Embiid, uh, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. I think he'll smash while he's out there. I am a little concerned, though, about the the score here. Okay. If if Rozier is out along with P.J. Washington, like you said, they don't have much depth. Uh, the guys that are going to step up aren't really that scary, especially in terms of size. They don't have it. Right. I just I'm concerned about a blowout here if both okay. of those guys are out. So um, I'm probably not going to go to Embiid. Uh 
other than that, I think you could look at somebody like Tobias Harris or Gordon Hayward as a cash play at small forward in the low 7K range on both sites. Those those are potential plays for me if if you need to to fill out your roster that way. Um, I probably won't go with Lamelo either. Uh, strong Philly defense here. We might have a value option with Charlotte. We'll see what the starting lineup is. Does Miles Bridges get into the lineup? He's only 4,200 as a small forward on FanDuel. So that's an option for me. But um, I'm mostly going to avoid this game and go to game number two. Okay. This is a, a, a better matchup, most likely. It's Indiana against Milwaukee. And it's actually the highest total on the board, 232, yeah. which isn't what you would probably normally think about with these two teams. No, not at all. If you'd asked me to bet the highest total on the board before the numbers came out, that would not have been my pick. I was surprised. Me too. Bucks are eight and a half point favorites here. It will be played in Milwaukee. This is a back to back for Indiana. They destroyed Memphis 134 to 116 last night. And in terms of uh, injury news, I don't see anything here. And the Indiana guys did not have to play heavy minutes uh, with that blowout. Sabonis was dominant in the first half, Good he had goal. almost 50 fantasy points at halftime. 13 for 15 from the field. That's ridiculous. So that was good. And the price tags for Brogdon and Sabonis jumped out at me. Brogdon went down a little bit. And Sabonis, 8,300 on DraftKings, 88 on FanDuel. So I dug in a little bit with with these guys, this matchup. I looked at all four games they played last year. And unfortunately, nobody really stood out. I know there's been some changes in the lineup with uh, T.J. Warren not playing and uh, Bledsoe not being on the team anymore. But I I was looking more at the bigs because it's the same group of Sabonis, Turner, Giannis, and Lopez. Right. Sabonis had one really good game, and he was average otherwise. And same thing with Giannis. So, you know, even though it's the highest total, I may may just fade this game. I think it could be a pretty balanced situation, and I'm not I'm not going to trust any of the the bench guys here on either side. So, uh, and I do like I keep looking at that price tag for Sabonis on DraftKings 8300. He's been fine in back to backs. We 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 said a few shows ago that Sabonis and Brogdon are almost leading the league in minutes, so they can handle it. Um, but I just uh, you know I'm not not thrilled about this game in general. Yeah. You know, it's funny because, you know, you would think with this higher number and two quality teams, you know, we'd, we'd want to go deep on this game, but I'm with you. I'm, this is not one of my favorite games at all. I think that it, you know, I don't think Milwaukee runs away with this game. That eight number seems a little high, but uh, you know, the, the thing that's interesting is, why the price on Sabonis has come down is is mind-boggling. And I think that's going to entice a lot of people into take him, taking him, and, and rightfully so, at that price. And he's proven that he's really good in back-to-backs. The, the thing for me, though, is I just don't want to go there. I, I You know, Giannis is a tremendous defender. He is just, you know, you can't get around him, stretch Armstrong in the paint. And Sabonis is not a high flyer. He counts on position and, you know, muscling people. 
And, you know, Giannis is pretty strong. Lopez, once he gets his feet set, you know, he's like a brick wall too. So I just, you know, I'm not going to go there. I think he's going to have a decent amount of ownership, and I and I get it completely with the pricing. I do like one guy for me, though, that stands out in this game, and I'm just so high on this guy. I love the way he looks. He looks super healthy. He's getting monster minutes, and his usage has actually cut into Brogdon quite a bit. If you've noticed, Brogdon's numbers have been really good, but not like those giant 55, 60-point games he was getting for a while. And that's Jeremy Lamb. Jeremy Lamb is talented. He's evasive. He's long. And I don't think Milwaukee has the best matchups for him with DiVincenzo or Connaughton and different guys that they'll bring in. Um, And I don't think Middleton uh, is going to guard Lamb. I really don't. I think he'll guard Justin Holiday to start out. But, uh, you know, Lamb is a guy at, at his price tag that is still in the mid to lower fives that, you know, can easily drop 30, 40 fantasy points uh, in a heartbeat with the, you know, the pace of this game, because, you know, we, we, the defensively they're 13th and 15th. So they're both middle of the pack, but I think we both believe that they're better defensive teams than that. And those numbers will improve. They are 13th and seventh in pace. So I respect that. And that's why, you know, I want to have a little exposure here, I just don't want to spend up and, you know, the the expensive guys are a fortune. And so, you know, I'm going to concentrate on my lamb exposure there and uh, and go from there. I like it. Solid pick there. All right. Game three, you're Dallas Mavericks traveling to Atlanta. We've Mm. got Luca and Trey going up against each other. Two twenty three and a half total Mavericks favored by two. Both teams here are on the front end of a back-to-back. Uh, Mavs are going to go home tomorrow and host Golden State. Atlanta gets to stay put and host Utah tomorrow. Yeah, De- DeAndre Hunter still out for Atlanta. Okongwu yeah. is questionable. What do you have here for your Mavs? Well, I, I'm stunned that Dallas is favored in this game. Isn't that wild? I mean, they haven't won a game since Christmas, I think. For goodness sakes. I mean, they're going to Atlanta. They're one and a half point favorite, which is very odd to me. I, I they just and I've said that the last few games because they're not playing well. And I gave all the business to Coach Carlisle yesterday, and I think he deserved it. So, you know, it is what it is. I don't usually jump on coaches like that, but you you know, when you blow games and you have files to give and timeouts and things, you you know, it's just inexcusable. I do think this will be a fun game and a good game. The problem for me is, you know, Luca's price is just asinine. I mean, you know, when a guy has to get into the 60s to just get value on a 10-game slate, I I don't know how you pull that trigger. I mean, I get the fact that, you know, he's terrific, but he's way more than Embiid, for example. I mean, you know, so I just – it's not logical to me. Um, The fact that Dallas has all all their guys back for the first time – you know, good luck with that because there's there's literally a ten man rotation behind Luca now. You know, Maxi's making an impact. Kleba, uh, Porzingis, we have no clue up and down. I mean, people here in Dallas are still wanting to run him out of town. They keep talking about these trades for Beal and all this, but they're you know they got to just suck it up here. Porzingis, he'll come out of it. His last game wasn't bad, so certainly not going to pay that salary for him being you know 
so up and down right now. And all the rest of the guys, uh, you know, good. it's just hard to get the value with them. Uh, the fact that Josh Richardson's back and healthy and playing big man- minutes is the reason I'm not going to play Trey Young. I got a feeling you like Trey Young today. That's just a gut feeling. But um, I don't like – I think Richardson – can bother him enough, slow him down enough. Now, he scored 50-plus, I think, in four of his last five. But Dallas is not a bad defensive team um, with all their guys back. I mean, they played for three weeks without their three best defensive players. That's Any team's going to falter there. Um, you know, 17th in defense for Dallas, it's more like a 10th with all these guys back. And Atlanta's ninth. So they're respectable defensively. Um, 24th and 17th in pace. That's another reason I don't want to spend, you know, half my salary on guys like Doncic and Young and Capella, you know, the guys that are going to cost a fortune. Um, I refuse to just keep taking wild shots at John Collins because he's the toughest guy to figure. I mean, he'll put up 20 DFS and then 55. I mean, and it doesn't seem to reasonably fit into the matchups it's he's one of those just odd guys if he's on he's on if not he just goes through the motions or gets in foul trouble so you know believe it or not mr andrew i'm gonna leave this one to you because i i bet you you like a few guys here but i'm passing the dallas atlanta game completely and just not gonna mess with it okay yeah i think i'm gonna fade dallas as well the Hawks are just surprising with that eighth-ranked defense. I know they're not going to be as strong without DeAndre Hunter, but Luke is very expensive, like you said. Hard to trust anybody else on Dallas with, with all those guys playing, so I'm not going there. With Atlanta, I do have some interest in Trey Young. Uh, He's been... You better never play poker with me, man. I will take every last dime. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I I will take that challenge. I would look forward Ooh. to that. That'd be fun. Poker, we, a we, coach we talk poacher, poker event. We're going to do that. Next uh, Vegas Summer League, if it ever happens again and we're out there, That's we'll get right. a game going. Get your That'd bets be down on me. I'm going to I'm going to skunk them. No, Go ahead. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> so, um some interest. I mean, uh he's not in my first lineup though. I like some of the value point guards on this slate. I'm actually more interested in Capella. And at 8,800, we've been playing centers against Dallas. Uh, I like the discount from Embiid. Uh, so he's my my pay-up center if I'm going to go that route here. Um, you know, with Trey Young, um, I you can plug your ears if you want here for a second. Uh, I mean, Chris Paul was terrific against Dallas two games in a row. So I think uh, Trey Young can do it. I respect Josh Richardson. Um, so on a smaller slate, if we didn't have value point guards, I'd probably be a little bit more interested in Trey Young, but I, I do like the value options here. So Capella likely for me, and I we move on to game four. Dirk wants to say something to you, but What's I don't that? know if we can say that on, on the recording when you're right. making fun of his Mavericks. But, you know, I, one thing I will, I'll say about Capella, I mean, we did ride the, the heck out of these centers against Dallas, but it's incredible how much Kleba has made an impact and he's probably going to play 30 minutes and it's just a different interior defense with him around. Just something to throw out there. Not that Capella couldn't smash here. It's just, it's not as desperate as it was before Kleba came back. Yeah. He had one block shot in that last game that I was really surprised at. It was a terrific defensive play. 
But Aiden's the chase Aiden's, down from behind where he swatted the guy right out of his hand. Coming across the paint. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean Aiden's still got plenty of rebounds, and I don't I don't think they're gonna be able to stop Capella. I, I, I certainly agree that he helps, but yeah. Um, I think it'll be a solid night for for Clint. Yeah, he's tough, but he's expensive. Yes, he is. Speaking of the double C, we've got the Clips and Cavaliers in Game Four. First of the eight o'clock tips for us, Eastern. Two eighteen total here. Clippers favored by eight and a half after that tough loss to Brooklyn. We've got Drummond questionable for the Cavaliers. He sat out last one, and Allen was dominant. And then we've got Nance ruled out. So on a back-to-back for the Clippers against this slow Cavaliers team that's surprisingly decent on defense, they're seventh. Don't have a ton of interest here. Reggie Jackson is still in play for me because Garland's defense is below average. Yeah, Uh, Paul George would be an option for me potentially on FanDuel at 8,400. On the Cavalier side, um, Garland actually is also an option for me against Reggie Jackson, who hasn't been strong defensively. Correct. Sexton probably won't get there on this slate, uh, getting close to 7,000 in price. So really for me, it's maybe one of these point guards. Um, You know, there are some cheaper point guard value options on the slate that we'll get to. But for the mid-tier, I think they're both in play. Interesting. I, You know, we're going to have to wait for news to make sure Kawhi's playing. I know he's been playing back-to-backs, but, you know, still got to keep our ears open because that changes everything. Kawhi sits, then all of a sudden you, you need to play George pretty much. Um, at least I would. And so, but I'm not anticipating that. You know, you have the seven and a half, eight point spread. I've seen both for the Clippers. You know, could they pull away? Uh, possibly. But, you know, the 218 total scares me a little bit. Both teams are decent defensively. The Clippers are 14th, but they're going to end up in the top 10. It's just a matter of time. And like you said, Cleveland's pretty good. The problem is 27th and 26th pace. You can't love that at all. Plus, Clippers probably going a little deeper on their bench with a back to back. I do like Reggie Jackson just of the the value. They haven't moved him up. He still has a ball in his hands a ton. And I I think I agree with you completely. I think he and Garland are real good mirror images of each other. If you're trying to uh, spend down and get some value, if you're playing guys like me, like Embiid, you know, you got to find these sweet spots where they could possibly do well against each other. And now that Sexton and Garland are back for Cleveland, it's helping them offensively, but you'll see where they got as high as fourth. They're down to seventh, and that'll continue to go down because those two guys are not good defenders at all. And uh, I think, you know, I, I like both sides of that from the value side on the guards, so we agree there. Uh, I think for me it's very simple. If Drummond sits, then I'm playing Allen in 100% in every lineup. I mean, he. If Drummond plays, I'm not going to play Allen in a single lineup because they're going to split minutes. So, you know, that's all we need the news on on Drummond with the back spasms. Uh, and that'll be a, a big shift in my uh, lineup. But after that, I don't like any of the other Clippers. Uh, certainly don't like the Cavs against that Clippers D. 
uh, in this game either for all those guys now that several of them are back. So that's it for me. I'm, I'm all in on Allen if, if Drummond sits. And I do like the same duo that you do for value in the guard spot. Okay. Game five, Wizards against the Heat. Another 8 o'clock tip, 229 and a half. Yeah. Heat, heat favored by eight. We've got Neto still out for the Wizards, and we're marking Westbrook as doubtful, at least I am, since it's a back-to-back. We right. don't have a, official news on that yet here at lunchtime on Wednesday. And then on the Heat side, everybody's probable. Gabe Vincent, Avery Bradley, Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero. And then we do have three guys out. Myers Leonard, who's out for the season now, Mo Harkless, and Chris Silva. So big total here, Coach. Do you like anyone? You know, I think people will chase playing everybody against Washington every night. And so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Miami guys that make lineups tonight. Um, You know, the three guys that you mentioned that are out for Miami are like their three worst players. They don't even get in anyway. All the guys you mentioned that were probable are all rotation guys. So they went from barely being able to to get eight guys on the bench. In fact, the one day the, the eighth guy had a fake like he could play, but he couldn't just so that they could play the game. Uh, I don't remember even which guy it was, but they, you know, he was available, but not available. That's actually what, what the one thing said. So anyway, with all those guys back, I know that you know, we've got two games in a row where Mr. Butler's gotten, got like 50 fantasy points. But here's the thing. A lot of, there will be a lot of ownership on Butler and some of the other key guys. I just see this usage, you know, digging in at basketballreference.com and looking at the combinations. When Miami has all these guys on the floor, there's just not enough basketballs to go around. I mean, you know, this last game was a perfect example. You know, you, you got to feed Bam inside. Olenek gets some of his putbacks. And of course you get, you know, you've got Hero that needs the ball. Duncan Robinson needs his shots. You know, uh, what about Dragic and none? I mean, there's such a big rotation of offensive output. And then on top of all that, you had this Max Struess dude coming in, drilling a bunch of threes just to make it even tougher on the rotation there. So I'm fading Miami, and I'll probably be contrarian in doing that because it's against Washington. But that's just the way I see this game uh, playing out. Um, What I'll say about Washington is pretty simple. If Westbrook does sit, which I'm not convinced, I'm more on the 50-50, I need to hear this news. I know they said they were going to sit him on the backside of doublehead of uh, back-to-backs, but... They also said in this last game, it was the first time he felt 100% healthy. So he may lobby to play, so I need that news. If he sits, I'm going to Ish Smith as a monster value point guard. Because with no Westbrook and no Neto, I think Ish Smith, who whenever he gets in there, produces, you know, even though it's a 10-game slate, maybe more on a GPP stance. But I think in that scenario, Ish is a fine play. Um, with the prowess of the Miami defense, I know they're not ranked well yet, but they will be soon. Um, I'm not going to spend up for Beal, even if Westbrook sits. I know that he's been, he leads the NBA in scoring, but it's, it's almost like the Luka situation now. And he is very, you know, pretty points dependent. He'll get a few assists here and there, but, and some, a few rebounds, but, you know, when you have to root for a guy to get 45 to 50 real points, 
then you're really scratching. You know, it's a big hole to dig out of, and I'd rather use some of that salary uh, elsewhere. So this is going to be a, a game that I think is going to get a lot of attention and ownership and not really a game that I want to go to. Um, there are a few secondary guys you could look at uh, as possible value, but, you know, I want to see the Westbrook news for Ish, and other than that, I'm going to be skipping through this game pretty quickly. Okay, I'm pretty similar. On the Miami side, I, w- I would consider Butler, but he's not at the top of my list because of the usage being spread around. Hero, the, the guy that I would probably, if I had to pick somebody, it would be Hero on FanDuel because he's only 6,000 as a shooting guard. But I do plan to fade Miami. And on the Wizards side, Ish Smith is in play for me. He's one of those value guards I was referencing. Um he just, like you said, he gets it done when he gets the opportunity. Bradley Beal. Now, this is a guy I, I looked at a little bit longer than usual here. And thinking about him on back-to-backs. Because we learned last year that he just scoffs at back-to-backs. Yeah. And he gets it done. Now, you remember he had that big game, and then he went to, I think, Chicago and scored over 50 points. Maniac, I know. And he was just on such a roll. And he's been excellent in back-to-backs this year. You remember that game in New Orleans? You know, we we, we look at him because it's uh, back-to-back and Westbrook isn't playing, and we, we played him that night. He had 70 fantasy points, 47 yeah. real points. But here's the thing that makes me pause a little bit. This is the third game in four nights for the Wizards. It's the sixth game in nine nights. So I just don't think I could go to Beal, especially on FanDuel where he's almost 11,000. And, and let me let me throw one thing in there. I I really hate to interrupt you, but I forgot to say, and, and it's huge. Spolstra is known to run doubles and refuse to allow their best player to beat them. He's done it against Harden. We talked about it multiple times last year. He's done it all over the board. If Westbrook doesn't play especially, I guarantee a Spolstra smothers Beal with Butler and somebody else that's going to run at him and force him to give up the ball. And just wanted to throw that in there. Sorry to interrupt. That's all right. Yeah, and the, the other stat in his support is that Miami has not been good against three-point shooters. They're 23rd. Yeah, that but that's category. with all the guys in COVID. You know, I mean, those stats for Miami yeah. you can pretty much flush because they didn't have any of their guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, I was just gonna I was just gonna point out that we took advantage of that with Malik Monk. But you took advantage of it with Malik Monk. I took advantage Monk. of that. But uh <laughs> it is a different scenario here with Beal and he'll get that focus from Butler and, and the starters. So I agree. I am probably going to fade Beal here tonight. All right, coach, second half of the slate, another eight o'clock tip. We've got the Knicks and the bulls. This is a rematch from Monday. The bulls won that one, one ten, one Oh two similar total here, two sixteen and a half. bulls favored by three on their home court. And uh, interesting contrast in styles. Knicks are 30th in pace. Bulls are second. Yeah. Uh, Bulls, bad defensively. Knicks, top 10 under Thibodeau. Uh, The news here, we've got Rivers and Noel probable for the Knicks. Otto Porter is probable for the Bulls. This is a game for me that you could go for a one-off on the Knicks side. Randall is always in play. He was solid against the Bulls. He's solid against everybody. 8,600 on FanDuel is is reasonable. Quickly is, uh, you know, he, it's like 
Peyton is now keeping the the ball warm for him and quickly starting to get more minutes and more attention, more shots, more production. He's mid to high 5,000, 5K range, though, so I don't love the price tag. So I, I probably won't go there today. On the bull side, uh, Gafford is interesting to me because he got back up to 22 minutes, and he's a value power forward, if you'd like, on uh, FanDuel at only 4,000. But Thaddeus Young off the bench. I mean, he's been the story lately for the Bulls. Three straight games where he's been flirting with a triple-double. I mean, that is just impressive. So, uh, you know, another guy that's probably not going to make my first lineup, but a GPP backup, if you will, under 6,000. Yeah, I mean, this isn't, you know, obviously the best game with the with the low number and, and everything, but... You know, Thibodeau is such a a maniac when it comes to his top five or six guys in the minutes. We all know that. And quickly has tipped the scale. And he has quickly tipped the scale as well. But in five games in a row, his minutes have increased every single game and to the point where he finally busted that 30-point mark or 30-minutes mark. So I like quickly here. I, I think he's going to be a player – as he starts getting these 30 to 35 minute games, uh, he's just so he's, he's involved with everything that goes on. I think we're going to see his price be at like the $7,000 range in another week or two. And so I like him in this matchup because Levine and White are not good defenders. Their backcourt stinks defensively. In fact, if they start slicing and dicing, don't be surprised if you see a little bit of uh, Sadoransky and Ar- Archidiakono, unless he's hurt, he might be hurt. But um, the bottom line is, I think they can attack that Bulls backcourt. I think quickly is the best guy to do that. In a in a GPP, maybe Burks gets a little nod. I would start fading Peyton, unfortunately, because I just think he's going to get squeezed out a bit because they're <clears throat> they're going to still play Barrett a ton. Uh, so it's I think the rotation of guards more so will be uh, Barrett quickly and Burks Um, on the Chicago side, you know, it's just the pace of the game that uh, the Knicks play is going to drag down those guys big time, just less possessions. You know, it is Levine's always in play the way he's playing and shooting the ball. And Kobe white is starting to sneak on my radar. He's finally starting to play decent. I mean, he was phenomenal last year. We used him all the time. Uh, but I, I don't know if I've rostered him this year. I, I don't really remember having him on my lineup because uh, he's been so inconsistent and bad. That one game he played 30 minutes and didn't score. But I I like him a little bit tonight. Um, Quickly's not a tremendous defender. He gets it done, but uh, he's I think that I think that White could be a reach value play specifically on GPPs. But other than that. You know, it's so tempting to take want to take Randall every night. I mean, there's no more, nothing more fun than watching a Knicks game <clears throat> and you've rostered Randall because, like we've always said, he goes after every bucket like it's the game-winning shot. And if he can get a finger on it or push a guy out of the way to get the ball, man, he just consistently does it. And I think the Knicks organization from – I was I did a little – uh, Twitter dive with some of the Knicks beat writers and everything. They're just on this huge bandwagon since uh, the all-star voting opened two days ago 
to get uh, him into the All-Star game. They they really wanted Nick to represent, you know, in the All-Star game. By the way, did you see the news yesterday about the All-Star game? They were talking about uh, selecting All-Stars, but because of COVID not doing anything on uh, for the weekend with All-Star, now they're saying they may do it all in one day on a Saturday, have some skills challenges and the All-Star game. So they're negotiating right now with the Players Association and they're trying to figure that out. So we may get to see that after all, which is, if you remember last year's All-Star game, we were standing cheering at the end because of the great defense and fun. So rooting for that. So keep an eye out on that news. But anyway, I say that, uh, you know, that I think they're going to have a real push for Randall to, to make that, you know, it's just part of that Nick's taking a step forward after being so bad and the laughing stock for so long. So Randall's always in play. If I can fit him, I just don't know if I can uh, afford the salary, but, but that's it. All right. The other eight o'clock game we have is Houston at OKC. Another rematch from Monday. Houston blew out the Thunder by 30, 136 to 106. Total tonight is 221. Houston, the six and a half point road favorites. We've got John Wall out. And on the OKC side, Shea and George Hill are both out. So you interested in some value here? I'll tell you what, man, Oklahoma City without Shea is not going to be pretty. I mean, Houston's a seven-point favorite. This game could easily blow out. Uh, you know, Houston has the number two defense in the league right now. And do you know what they were last year of 1 to 30 with D'Antoni there? Probably about 30th. 26th to second. So they've really turned it around. Um, this could blow out. That scares me. Uh, but... You know, you can't ignore fourth and ninth in pace. So I feel like I have to have some uh, exposure here. So I'm going to look more at some of the value guys. You know, I I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm actually thinking of possibly rostering Eric Gordon after he punched me in the gut two times in a row. He he just fits in here. I know Oladipo's a great play, but he's expensive. But, you know, with Gordon, with Wall out, Gordon's going to get more shots, have the ball in his hands more. He's playing decently. I think he's a consideration. Um, other than that, I don't want to spend up on this slate for Wood or Oladipo. But I, and plus, I think they could could possibly blow them out. Um, Oklahoma City is different. I have a few guys I'm considering there for sure. I think the, the, the risky play, but it could pay off in spades, is Diallo. Because his minutes have been really crappy lately, but with Shea out, they need an offensive threat that is explosive, and he's the next best thing that they've got. So I think just because of that, he's going to get a lot more opportunity. I think you'll have a lot of uh, ownership go to Dort. I'm I'm not as crazy about that play. Uh, the other guy that I like that could easily make my lineup is Baisley, just because he's so athletic. They don't go to him that much. His usage number is only 12, which is sort of ridiculous with uh, how athletic he is. He gets most of his stuff on putbacks, offensive rebounds, blocks and steals. But I think they may utilize him a little bit more in the offensive scheme because like a million percent of usage comes available with Shea out. So uh, those are the guys I'm looking at. What What do you think? 
well, since we finished on Oklahoma City, I'll start there. I am a little bit more interested in Maladon and Horford. Horford would be the the value center uh, mid-tier on this slate. Um, he's been stroking it from distance recently here and, and you know, using those positive vibes after the birth of his child. So he's in play for me just because of the absence of Shea and Hill. I think Maladon could work the two-man game with him a little bit. So Maladon is uh, likely to make a bunch of my lineups. Diallo would be the, the GPP option potentially. And Baisley is almost never on my radar because of that usage number. But this would be a scenario where I would consider him. On the Houston side, I'm interested in Oladipo and Gordon and then Jay Sean Tate on FanDuel. He's still at 3,900 as a small forward. I like that spot for him. He just kind of finds a way to get it done uh, somehow, some way. Scrapper. And then the potential GPP play off the bench most likely could start would be Sterling Brown. And he's only 3,100 as a small forward on DraftKings. So we'll see what the starting lineup is with Wall being out. But I will have probably at least two guys from this game in every lineup. I do not blame you. All right, Coach, we move to 830. Minnesota and San Antonio down in your neck of the woods in Texas. 224 total. San Antonio favored by eight and a half. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, questionable. Wancho is questionable to get back into the mix. Carl Anthony Towns is still out. Nas Reed is probable. And on the San Antonio side, LaMarcus Aldridge is out. So uh, some decent pace teams here. Um, I'll get this one started. I have I have some interest in this game. Uh, because of the pace here, they're both above average. Because of the guys being out, um, you know, I just... I don't really trust the San Antonio defense. And so D'Angelo Russell, eh, maybe on a smaller slate, but um, Beasley and Edwards, these are guys that I would look at as as a one-off. Probably not Beasley. He's a little expensive. Edwards, I like what he's he's doing as a starter. So he's probably the guy I'd be most likely to play. But I'm actually interested in one or two Spurs, which doesn't usually happen, but the Minnesota's 23rd in defense, and with Aldridge out, we should get more usage for guys like DeRozan, who again is under 7K on DraftKings. I like that. Keldon Johnson has been pretty strong here a a lot of games. I mean, he's not ultra consistent. It's hard to be when you're a Spur, but with Aldridge out again, I like uh, Keldon Johnson here. And Pirtle, if he starts, there's another value center you could look at on both sides. Yeah, no, I think your evaluation is right on the money. I mean, I'll be pretty quick on this one because, you know, Minnesota is such a dumpster fire. I think this game has the best chance to blow out because the Spurs, they're playing 500 ball, but they're they're playing better. Um, the guy that I agree with you 100% on is Keldon Johnson. He's been more consistent recently, and I think this matchup's just going to play right into his hands. He's so athletic. He's consistently getting minutes. He's my favorite play on the Spurs side. I like DeRozan's price. That makes him very playable to me. Not positive I'll go there. 
I'm I'm not playing DeJounte Murray until I see how things settle a bit here. Since Derek White came back, it's really taken a big chunk out of his usage and DFS points. So I'm going to avoid that. Um, and for Minnesota, I mean, you know, you can always take a GPP flyer on Anthony Edwards because he can have some big games, but they're just so awful. I just have no trust or, or consistency there with them. So for me, it, it's probably in all truth going to be Johnson and then run to the next game. All right. Well, that next game is Phoenix against the Pelicans. The only 930 tip, yeah. two, 222 and a half total. Phoenix favored by three and a half. We have Abdel Nader questionable. Uh, Cameron Payne is out. Booker is probable. And on the Pelican side, we've got Stephen Adams questionable with the calf issue. What are your thoughts on this one? You know, this is a tough game to, to figure. I, you know, Phoenix controls pace and they play really good defense. And that that concerns me because New Orleans, I noticed, you know, when they play up tempo teams, then they're usually up tempo. But the the slower teams really drag them down. And I don't know if it's because, you know, they they get into that where they want to play a little half court offense with Zion or what the deal is. But this is the game that I'm not crazy about. I know that it's the numbers decent at 223 and the spread is pretty close. But, you know. New Orleans defense up and down. I hate playing Phoenix guys just like you. I just, you know, the the Paul Booker Aiden thing drives you nuts because really it's hard to figure who's going to do decently and who's not. And you can't expect Paul to have a ceiling game like he did the other day with Booker out there. So I, I really don't like anybody on the Phoenix side. And they're the 28th and 16th pace. So that really you know, squashes down, I think, the Pelicans' uh, real appeal here. Now, Lonzo Ball's super cheap. You can consider him. But I just, this is not the slate for me in a game against Phoenix where I want to pay up for Ingram or Zion. So very little exposure to this game, if any at all. Yeah, I'm not really interested in the Phoenix guys either with all three of them playing, even though the Pelicans are 25th defensively. I mean, you could make a case for for Chris Paul here to to keep rolling, but I I don't think I'm going to go there. And I don't I I have to mention it, Abdel Nader. I mean, I don't really like his game. I don't like his shot, but he has been playing better, shooting it better this year, and hitting value on DraftKings at 3,500. You know, he's been doing it off the bench. So yeah, I, I you know I don't think I'll play him, but I I just want to mention it. And then with the Pelicans. Zion is the starter that I'm looking at the most. I just don't think Cam Johnson's going to stop him. I know I know Aiton's a, a beast in the paint, but uh, he, he's a guy that I think you could look at. And Josh Hart is really forcing himself more and more into the rotation with all those rebounds. I mean, what yeah. a nose for the ball. Hard to believe. Oh, he just he's getting it done here recently. So I like his price on DraftKings at 4,500, and we'll have to keep an eye on the Steven Adams news. You know, Aiton might get a little bit of a bump if he's out, and if he is, uh, just keep in mind that Hernan Gomez is the one who's getting more minutes here than Jackson Hayes off the yeah, bench. Yeah, how about that? That's, a, you know, that's definitely a GPP special because he played a lot that last game, and he's not bad. 
Yep, 29 minutes, and he's under 4,000 on both sites. So yeah, keep an eye out for that one. All right, Coach, final game of the night. Yeah, uh, Celtics and Sacramento back-to-back for the Celtics. They snuck out that win against Golden State, and now they've got the Kings. I, I like this game. It's a 226.5 total. I thought mm-hmm. that might be a little bit higher. Celtics favored by one and a half here. We are expecting Kemba to sit out since it's a back-to-back. So we could have some value with the Boston guards. Teague is in the mix for me. Uh, better price on Fanduel. He's only 4200 He could get the start and have a, a nice matchup against Fox, who's not good defensively. Sacramento, not good in general. They're dead last as a team. Yeah. So that's why I like the Celtics situation here, even though it's a back-to-back. Uh, Tatum is in play for me. He's been good on back-to-backs, and this is a, a good situation for him. Uh, on the Sacramento side, you know, I'd like to get one or two of them and potentially stack this game, but you know, their price tags are are all just kind of fair to me. So I'm not I'm not jumping out at any one of them in particular, but I think there's a good chance I'll get one or two Celtics in my lineup tonight. Well, my you know, eyeballs were like uh, cup saucers when I saw this game and it being the late game. Because uh, with Kemba sitting, if you notice, I haven't talked about very many expensive players throughout this. After Embiid in the first game, I've been uh, value special pretty much all night here. Uh, I love Jason Tatum and I love Jalen Brown. I think this is the game, the up-tempo. I don't think they blow them out on the road without Kemba. And I think those guys are just going to go bonkers. I don't see Sacramento uh, matching up well against them. I like the pace in this game. As you mentioned, Sacramento's the worst defensive team in the league. And, you know, we've talked about it throughout the season here. When Kemba sits and it's Tatum and Brown full board in there, which they were both out for COVID for a while, then it's just through the roof. Their, Their usage numbers are crazy. So I love both of those guys, um, and Tatum will be in my lineup 100%, and I'm trying to squeeze Brown in. Uh, his salary's a little higher than I'd like, but I think that could be a key. Um, I think Sacramento can keep it close enough that we'll get finishing minutes from those guys from Boston, but I'm with you. I'm not crazy about spending up for some of these Sacramento guys. They seem slightly overpriced. The only guy that that I would think about because he is cheaper, and if you look at his his last even 10 games, but specifically his last two, is Harrison Barnes. He's quietly just doing all those little things, some rebounds, you know, some putbacks, some scoring, and, uh, you know, his price is right. So I'd like to have a little correlation in that game, but I think that this could be, a nice key game and it's it just happens to be the late night hammer so i'm excited about it i I just i gotta smile here and chuckle a little bit because these names that you mentioned throughout the show i mean it's so classic as a cash game master like you are um it just uh i think see that's the thing you'd be surprised i think i'd have a pretty fair shot at you at the at the poker table because Uh you guys know what's coming huh (laughs) lamb and keldon johnson and i mean Harrison Barnes is like the poster boy for that for that group because safe floor just they have a button that says safe floor safe floor. <laughs> he's like guaranteed to be within like 
32 to 40 fantasy points every single night. Yeah. Uh, like clockwork. He's like the best friend of a cash player and like the mortal enemy of a GPP player. Exactly. Because he does not have a ceiling. Limited that, ceiling, but high floor. You know, yeah. that's that's you know, that's why I, I really, you know, think that our analysis with this, we we disagree a lot, but that's because we're looking at it a lot from different perspectives. So hopefully the listeners enjoy that because uh that's exactly the you know, sometimes when you say guys with high ceilings that I think are terrible. I'm inside. I'm going, Ooh, but that's, you know, cause you're I'm not a GPP player <laughs> and you're, you're looking at the floor. I'm yes. always looking up at that ceiling and I'm looking face down on the floor, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is, it is a nice balance, especially with the lineups that we build and give out to our members because you're absolutely giving a, a cash lineup every single day. And you often do the uh, GPP, but I, I'm always doing a GPP when I'm giving lineups um and so we have that nice balance for our members so uh perfect day to join us too by the way because it's wednesday which means you get all the nba lineups tonight and golf That's which right. tees off tomorrow and we're and this is a, hot in golf right now i mean it's a big weekend we got nba we've got golf finishing right before the super bowl and then what's the, the super, super bowl, bowl? what yeah it's a, is that? it's a it's a football game oh one of 11 those, against so. 11 they're uh <laughs> going after a trophy so, I mean, this is the last week where we get football, golf, and basketball for, for quite a while. So jump in with us, dfscoachtalk.com. Select whichever membership you'd like, and we'll send you an email, get you into our Discord. We give out the basketball lineups about 20 to 30 minutes before tip-off, and then golf lineups will be out tonight, give you plenty of time to build lineups before the morning. Uh, if you're into sports betting, Take advantage of the betus.com.pa offer that's still out there. Go to that website, deposit 149 using the promo code COACHTALK, all one word, and you get to use all that money to bet on golf and basketball and football this weekend, and you get a free membership with us until April 1st. It's the best uh, offer we've had, so grab it while you can. Uh, after you deposit there, let us know that you've done it on Twitter. You can find us at DFS Coach Talk. Any questions, hit us up there. You can find Coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. <clears throat> you can find me at Language Olympic. And Shane, who is crunching the numbers right now to get ready for the Super Bowl, he is at D-E-T Sports Shane. If you could, hit the like button on YouTube. Subscribe to that channel. We would appreciate it. We're going to continue to bring these seven-day-a-week NBA podcasts to you. Speaking of which, we'll have one tomorrow. So please join us for that. On behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.